All right, we're back again this week. Uh, Nick and I are together in our new little spot here that we're going to come to every now and then. And I brought Nick a very special beer. Yeah. Uh, this is from Revolution Brewing, which is in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Their Oktoberfest. Nick, thoughts on this? Let's see. It's a pretty good Oktoberfest. I, I enjoy it myself. Amr, what are you drinking? Anything? I'm drinking uh, Bell's Two-Hearted. All right. There you go. It's in a Lollapalooza Bud Light koozie. Nice. Ooh, Bud Light, nice. big sponsor. If they want to sponsor us, Bud Light, go ahead. We're still Anheuser-Busch. We're not mad at you. We just want that sponsorship. So nice. we're joined this uh, week with by uh, Kimberly Klein here. And Kimberly, what are you drinking before I give you a nice introduction? Okay, so I'm not a beer drinker, but I like some Baileys in my coffee. So that's what I'm drinking this evening. I, I usually drink my Baileys with some Jameson and some Guinness. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, do them in a bomb type of a fashion. But hey, yeah. you know, to each their own. So. Each their own. <laughs> so we're here this week. We're going to talk about car financing. And uh, Kimberly was very kind to join us. Um, her and I hooked up on in a Facebook group where, you know, we talk about money and stuff. And Kimberly was a finance manager at dealerships for 15 years, all different manufacturers. Uh, she knows new, used, certified. <clears throat> she had left the industry a couple of years ago due to family obligations. And now she's helping people by consulting them on what to do when it comes about, you know, getting their car financed. And uh, she also wanted us to know she's very creative and likes to design printable papers and paint. You got it. That's that's about it. Okay, like we're, flying, we're flying. We're flying somebody here to do a big old painting right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, listen, you know that's going to be a Bucks and Brews sponsor right there. Oh so, my. But so, all right. I guess first question, right? Tell me a little bit your backstory. How did you get into it? Why did you get into it? And then and then we'll go from there. Well, funny story about that is that uh, I did live in, in Cleveland for 15 years until 2003. Is it because Ohio sucks? Is that why you left? Uh, no, oh, Ohio's not that bad. It's, I was around the mistake on the lake as they call it up there, but I, I enjoyed uh, Cleveland. But um, I was actually working for a mortgage title company. I was a manager there and they wanted me to open an office in Ellicott City, Maryland, uh, which is right around the area that I grew up in. So I moved back, opened an office for them hated the drive. The commute is horrible here. And my mother said, hey, I think um, so-and-so over at the dealership, you know, they might be looking for somebody. And that's how that all happened. Um, I never went into sales or anything like that. They put me right into finance. So I started in 2003 with Nissan. Oh, there you go. So, so you went from the greatest market of real estate to the the least favorite market of cars oh, wait i'm sorry i'm the opposite of america you know i like houses and they like cars so no but so all right so you went nissan and then you have experience in in plenty of other brands i mean uh what do you drive right now okay so currently i have a kia sportage okay let's say it's not a bad little what is it a crossover mini suv thingy it is a crossover uh, SUV thingy. It's yeah, just it's that. Perfect. Yeah, I like That's... it though. It's comfortable and um, they're very reliable. Good. 
Thingy yeah. is the technical term, right? I, I think thingy is definitely a technical term. I thought it's, uh, if you yeah. look in, if you look in the uh, repair the repair manual, it says uh, the thingy next to the thingy. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, okay. I got it. So we had solicited a bunch of questions um, yeah. that I, I sent to Kimberly and. Full disclosure, Kimberly, if there's something you don't want to answer, by all means, don't, because, you okay. know, we want people to get a hold of you so you can help them specifically. But, yeah, you know, let's just start running down some of these here because, you know, people had some really good questions. So they did. They wait, did let's, let's have take a moment. questions. Let's take a moment real quick because things sure. just got serious. Like she put her glasses. Oh, no, don't take the glasses off. We're getting the serious. Anybody that's not watching this, right, and just listening, like. She put her glasses on. She's like, "This is this is game time." Like, it's like a sports athlete like gearing up right now. Like, okay. the glasses, yep. glasses went on. Like, here we go. So, <laughs> glasses on, notes up. I'm ready. There we go. So, something that always interests at least the three of us because we are, you know, quite money conscious. Is it better to pay cash? No. Really? No. Wow. It's not, it's not better. Um, in every single one of these questions, there's going to be exceptions yep. uh, and scenarios. So if you're the person that has all the cash in your bank account and you're the person with a 700 to 750 credit score and you walk in and buy yourself a new Subaru that's offering 0% for whatever term, do not use your cash to buy a car. Keep your cash in the bank. Keep your cash liquid. Buy the car at 0%. Pay it off when you want. So only if it's 0%. I mean, you know, interest rates are ridiculously low and they've been that way for a long time. I would say even 2%. Sure. I would still keep my cash in the bank. I would never take my cash out, say $30,000 out, and plunk it down on something that's going to depreciate the amount that it depreciates as soon as you pull it off the lot. I would always want to keep that kind of cash liquid. So, so what if I, I mean, I agree with you, right? I mean, that's right. We talk about it all the time. I mean, 2% if you're getting that, I mean, finance the crap out well, of it. Cause you're getting 3%. Yeah, I'm getting 2.9. And yeah. you know, when I look at it, I can do better than that in the market. Well, yeah, I mean, even you and your even wife, even in a checking account, I can do better than two point nine. Yeah, so we talk we talk three percent, uh, you know, fifteen thousand. You and your wife, that's thirty thousand. Yep. If you're putting thirty on a car, you get three percent, and so you're making a percent on your cash first. Yep. Um, but so now, so if you're getting that credit or a higher interest rate than that, then you would then you would pay cash, is what you're saying. Um, I would, I would at least put half down. There we go. Okay, I, I would at least put half down so you've got some equity in that vehicle when you drive it off the lot. Knowing the whole time that you can pay it off whenever you want. So if you wanna take the full amount of cash out of your bank account and plunk it down all, all at once in that car, go ahead and do it. But I, if I had that kind of money I, and I could put half down, maybe I wouldn't put more than $10,000 down. Maybe I would finance the rest of it but sure why, i would just keep my my money in the, in the uh keep my cash liquid at all times especially now i see i think uh like it's something david and i would definitely agree yeah <laughs> agree about Absolutely. It. uh so I'm, I'm glad i'm glad to hear that answer it makes us 
you know, so we just got confirmation that we somewhat know what we're doing by at least one other person in this world. <laughs> I think you. Oh, but at least, yeah. yeah. So, right, I'm in the housing. I'm in the housing market, right? Um, you've listened to a couple of our, our episodes. Uh, yeah. Is is buying a car like buying a house where I need to bring in all my pay stubs and and you know, so my tax returns? I mean, if I'm going to buy a car, like what do I need? Okay, so. Um, I did take a couple of notes and before you buy a car, let's start with that. Let's start with, you know, I got it in my mind that I'm going to need a new car soon or I want a new car soon. So the first thing you want to do is sit down and go over your needs. What do you need this car for? So you would ask yourself, first of all, how far do you travel? Because you might be that person that works from home as so many people do now. And I'm wondering how that's gonna um, change the market, the auto market. I'm wondering how that's gonna change things between purchases and leases, which I'm sure we'll get into here soon too. But so, or am I a salesperson that I'm gonna be racking up 100,000 miles within four years? Um, Think about the weather. What kind of weather are you driving in? Are you driving in Cleveland? Do you, are you in Minnesota? Do you need an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive? Um, seating. A lot of people have families. They need a th third row. Or is it just you and your wife? And maybe an occasional kid once in a while, you know? Um, an economy. Are you conscious about economy? Do you want fantastic gas mileage or is a larger SUV with a little lesser gas mileage okay with you? So what are you comfortable with? So the first thing I would do is ask myself, what do I need? And, and if I don't need, you would say go with the lower car, right? Well, <laughs> then I'm going to ask myself, what do I want? What do I want? I have one kid. I have one kid, right? So me, a wife, and one kid, right? That's three. I can fit in any vehicle, anything. Somehow my wife has to have third row in her car, eight seats, in case that one time a year our friends want to go somewhere. Yes, that one time you want to make sure you've got it. Yeah. I could, I could rent an SUV for the one day. <laughs> That's true. You probably could. <laughs> You're right. You probably could. So I just, so, I was really hoping you'd be on my side for that and like, you know, <laughs> tell her she was wrong, but you know, I, I'll check that one up to you. You got to ask yourself what you want. So well, well, we know Courtney doesn't really watch our shows. So factual statement, guys, just so everybody knows my wife, we, we talk about random stuff and stuff will come up all the time. Oh. And I'm like, well, on my podcast. And I was like, you know, Courtney, you tell them you, and she's like, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it. And I'm like, that's, that's love and support. You know, she just knows that I'm financially okay. And uh, no, I, I, I love it. Right. So she just, she's not as a, uh, you know, money. She doesn't love to talk about money all the time. She doesn't love to talk about financing or, or, you know, if she goes buy a car, she's the normal average American that literally just going to walk in and be like, what can I get? And I'm going to buy that. Right. You tell, you tell me what I can afford. Right. Now I'm going to tell you what I can afford. Right. And, uh, right. Right. Well, you want to ask yourself, what do you need? And then obviously you want to look at your, just your income and see, how much can I afford in my need box? You know, because uh, 97 Ford Escort. Is what I, can <laughs> yeah. right now. Is I mean, at the end of the day, a vehicle is to get you from point A to point B safely and reliably. So you want to ask yourself those questions first. Now, can we go back to what the question was? You answered the question. Uh, 
say. So I guess, right, buying the stuff I need to bring with me to buy a car, right? Okay. So coming in, coming yeah. in prepared. All um, right. So, yeah, because I bought my house three years ago. I needed blood from my child is what I felt like. Yep. Um, with the car, it's different. Here's what I would tell you to do. Check your credit before you leave the house. Check your credit before you go to the dealership. If you're a 700 and above, awesome. Go to the dealership. You're good. Um, you don't need to take your pay stubs. You don't need to take your this, your that. What you do need to take is your driver's license and your current insurance information card that most of us keep in our glove box. I mean, I'm again, I'm not most people. Like uh, I said, I've been pulled over so many times and had to go get my proof of insurance and bring it to the cop shop. So I don't get my ticket within 10 days. I got pulled over, let's say Monday, went in Tuesday with my insurance, got pulled over Wednesday and got the same ticket to have to bring in my insurance. Oh That's my God. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't learn. No, I, I, well, now I'm getting away with it because it's funny because every time I get pulled over, every time I get pulled over, cops like insurance. I was like, no. But if you hold on, I have it automatically withdrawn out of my bank account. So I'll bring up my bank account and I'll show them the transaction <laughs> of my oh insurance my paid. You know, you can get your insurance card online too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Bummer. We can barely get on. I mean, if he can find his bank statements, he can find his insurance. I can find my bank yeah. statement. I can, I can find my bank app. It's not a statement. It's just a, it's a screenshot of how much I don't have. Say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, if you have have those two things you get to the dealership you find a car you fall in love you buy it everything comes to a halt if your insurance card expired okay now we do need to put you in front of a computer we need you to get online and hopefully the insurance company is open or you can get an updated one printed this all takes time so if you want to get in the dealership get a car get out Make sure you have those two things with you. Why does it and they're take not so expired. long to buy a car? So well, that's next question. Yeah, it's a great question. It is because the number one complaint of dealerships in the United States is how long it takes to get into the finance office. A lot of times you got to wait to get into the finance office. Um, I always say, don't forget how long did it take you to agree on number, find the car, agree on numbers with your salesman and the sales manager, go through all that rigmarole. By the time you're done doing that, you're tired. And the last thing you want to do is be in a finance office at a car dealership. You, some, I always used to ask my customers, would you rather be here or get in a root canal? And most of the times they say, I would much rather be sitting in the dental chair. Yeah, so it's true. It is like part A and part B. You know, you, you gotta. Well, it's like, yeah. you know, my, my mom bought a new car, brand new. Right. And, uh, she bought a Toyota and she knew, she knew what she wants. She, she went right in there. She goes, all right, how much are you guys asking? And she goes, I'll pay you cash. What's the discount? She goes, all right, I'll take it. Went to the, went to the store and had to, uh, you know, it's still, or went to the bank, grabbed all of her cash. It still just took so long, all these paperwork, all these documents, you know? And, and I mean, I was frustrated cause I just wanted to drop her and get like, if I go buy a car from Hummer, right? I'm just gonna be like, here's 200 bucks, and you know, give me the give me the keys. Yeah, I say. <laughs> and the title. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think sure. that it does. It is a process, and as you know, in real estate, that is also a process, and it's paperwork. Yeah. Um, I think that we as Americans have this mentality of when we go into the car dealership, hey, I know what I want. You know, you're savvy because you're, you're internet savvy now and I know what I want and okay, I'm going to buy it. Why does this take so long? They're not thinking that we have, we're state regulated. We've got federal regulations. This paperwork has to be done you know, to the T. Otherwise, I'm going to be bringing you back. I'm going to be bringing you back to re-sign this and re-sign that. And we got to make sure this is all perfect. And I think that people just forget that this is a state and federal process as well. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, you know, if I had to add up the time, if I bought a car from Ummer, right? I mean, yeah, I drive there, which takes me, I don't know, 30 minutes, kick around the car for a couple minutes, given my offer and then I get a piece of paper. Then I still have to go to the secretary of state and stand in line for 40 years. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. say, now, every, I say I have a five-year-old, right. So I, I if, uh, there's a movie out there where sloth sloths run the, uh, the secretary of state, right. And they just talk really slow. <laughs> um, and so every time I see, I just think of them guys now, but um, <laughs> I say, no, that's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good news, right. It's just, so is there a good time of day to go to make it faster or just? Yeah. Don't go at the end of the month. Okay. Don't go on the last Saturday of the month. Okay. Cause you're going to be waiting. Just count on that. You go on the last Saturday of the month and expect to buy a car. You're going to be waiting. So I would say usually um, the second and third week of the month is when things kind of calm down because it is a month end driven industry. So the last week things are gearing up, gearing up. The last Saturday of every month is crazy. We're cleaning up the first of the next month. So things are still crazy. So wait till the second week and then go. Sure. Will I get the same deal uh, in the middle of the month versus the end of the month? Yeah, I mean, you definitely should get the same deal. Manufacturers have the same incentives month to month. You know, they change at the beginning of every month. Sure. Hmm. Okay. Um, Amr, I know. I think you hit us with a question or two. You have a. You have one. Well, I've never bought a car, so awesome. Everything I'm learning right now is new. Okay. Okay. Um, have you been in a dealership? Have you gone in just to walk around? Yep. So usually I do my research online. I picked out a car. I'm like, yep, this is the car I want. And then I found one on like a used car website. And I went to the dealership, test drove it. Everything was great. And I was like, all right, well, let's buy it. And then after the fact, I researched the dealership. And it turns out that this is a known thing where the dealership tacked on a bunch of fees at the end, like a, a repair fee, a detailing fee, a customer loyalty fee. And it ended up adding like 7,000 to the price of a $18,000 car. Oh my God, my heart is going so out for you right now. I walked out because I didn't need a car. I was just like, oh, this looks good. I mean, oh, you I didn't buy it. it. No, I did it. not. Oh, no. okay, okay, okay. No. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, okay. I would never, but it was just a thought in my head. Right now I drive a 2004 Honda Accord. 
and it still runs like it's brand new. So I, I'm not in urgent need of a car, but I thought it'd be fun to just go out and buy one since I thought this was a good deal. Then when they tacked on all that extra, all the extra fees, I, I just left. I'm like, yeah, nope. good. And then I researched the dealership and they had awful reviews. So I learned from that to do your research on dealerships as well, that it's not just the car yeah. that you want to look into. Yeah, absolutely. Good for Full you. disclosure for you, Kimberly, we live in an area where the main road in town has a dealership every 10 feet. Dealership Use, mine. Used dealership every okay. 10 feet. Gotcha. It's weird how all the new car dealerships are like right like around each other and the new yeah. one or the used ones just like yeah. right down the division. Yeah, we'll say. Well, even on 28th, oh, yeah. it's all just crazy. So, um, so all right, we're, what we're here for right, is uh, money and how to save money. So, what's the is there is there a way I can get a better rate? What's the what's the way to get the best rate possible? I mean, right now we're in COVID, so I mean, you're, you were talking about zero percent in the beginning of this. I mean, that's not offered all the time, is it? No, it's not offered all the time. But I am hearing from my uh, ex compadres that they many manufacturers have actually stretched the 0% out to 72 months, which, um, like I said, have been gone a year. So I can't even remember the last time we had 0% for 72 months. It's always 60 months or sometimes 66 months on a Subaru. But um, so, yeah. Mm. Now I will tell you that Buying new versus used. A lot yeah. of people don't know that you're going to get a higher interest rate on a used car. Do you know that? I did not know that. Okay. Well, I'm glad so, you two know that. I know that because I buy used cars. <laughs> I know it because I went to go check out this used car. That's the only reason. I, yeah. Yeah. So many times um, you might want to look into a new car. If you can afford it, here's a key. And this is something that I've told my son's friends too, especially when one of them was looking for a Subaru. Actually, he was looking for some crazy thing before some sporty thing that had no value to it whatsoever. But anyway, flipped him over to certified. Buy certified. What's the difference between certified and not certified? Well... The difference is whenever you, I'm going to take Subaru because I love, I love Subaru. It's a great company. Subaru, if you hear me, I, I love you guys. Yeah. You guys uh, can sponsor us too. Just send us, yeah. w, send us WRXs. Like we'll, yeah. we'll burn rubber all day. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. We need four of those. Though. Yeah. We need four. I'll take mine in purple or pink, whatever you guys choose. Oh, I like, okay. I like blue. Yeah. I'm not really picky. But. Gotcha. Um, so whenever you buy a certified vehicle, it is a used car, meaning the title has gone to a person. As soon as that title goes from being a brand new car off the truck into another person's name, it is considered used. So a certified vehicle, they are normally vehicles that are traded in at low mileages. Maybe somebody didn't like it. Maybe they wanted something better. And often they are vehicles that are lease end. So somebody may have leased it for two or three years. Um, so they're in pretty good shape and they put them through usually a hundred to a 300 point inspection. 
they have to go through all the rigors of becoming certified. The dealership actually pays for this. So whenever you buy certified, you're going to have an extended, and we'll I'm sure get into this too, an extended uh, powertrain warranty that comes with it that'll normally take you to 100,000 miles. Um, okay. The depreciation of a new car happens the day it drives off the lot. The day so, or the minute? The second. Okay, the second. The second it drives off the lot, the start ticking the clock because the depreciation is going down, 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 down. The first year is the biggest dip of depreciation. Well, in certified vehicles, that's already, somebody else has already taken that hit. So you're getting a really nice car that's gone through this huge inspection. You're going to get an extra uh, powertrain warranty that comes with it and the price is lower. So for you, Amar, is it Amar? Amar. 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 Told you I would get it wrong. That's how much two times. Um, look into certified. It's always a good so, idea. So the way to remember yeah. that, Kimberly. Hummer. 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 Yeah. 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 Hummer, you should buy a Hummer. There you go. <laughs> yeah, dude. Now you'll never forget. Say yep. with, the with the growing family and looking like a yeah. looking like a BA dude. I mean, I'm hoping you get like 50 inch rims, like yeah. Christmas ornaments <laughs> around that thing. Like, let's there you go. So yeah, full disclosure, exactly and, and if Hummer's family doesn't yeah. know, Hummer, don't share this with your family. Summer is going to be a second time Papa here pretty soon. Oh, congratulations to Thank you. you. So awesome. if, you're, if your family doesn't know, Amber, don't let them watch this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they know. Dude, Everybody knows. That. Have them watch this episode as your announcement. Like us giving, <laughs> hey, my buddy's made this announcement for me. You know, just yeah. watch 20 minutes in. Um, <laughs> well, congratulations to you, Amber. Thank you. Um, so you... You brought up something, um, the, the warranty. Now, I've heard like warranties don't transfer over, but they, now they just get extended when you buy certified though, but like not when it's certified. So um, I, like, I know my mom with her Toyota, she has like unlimited miles powertrain and unlimited motor uh, because she bought from the certain Toyota dealer and, and they stand by everything. She just has to pay labor. Um, and she'll drive the car till it's dead and then twice um say but like you know so you you hear like these leases right so um you know three years thirty thousand mile lease but like if you bought it new that three years ago like you got fifty thousand mile warranty so now does that next person get that other twenty thousand miles or like how does that work well let's start by going back to the certified subaru so let's say you've got um, a 2018 certified WRX with 36,000 miles on it. Well, your powertrain's good to 100,000 miles from the in-service date of that vehicle. Do you know what the in-service the in date is? The day it was originally sold. Sure. Okay. So sometime in 2018 was its in-service date. So from that date, um, you've got the remainder of 100,000 miles or seven years on it. Okay. Which comes first. But we're at 36,000 miles. 
on the bumper to bumper. Well, what does that mean? Well, that's going, your bumper to bumper is everything else basically, except for normal wear and tear items. So that's gonna be your computers, your electronics, heated seats. If they have to take your dash apart and fix that little light that just won't go off, that's a lot of money, you guys. It's a lot of money. You're not covered. So everything in the engine block that's lubricated is covered under powertrain and uh, warranty. So Subaru's gonna say, or your finance manager's gonna say, would you like to wrap that warranty for the 100,000 miles and cover the entire car? I say it's a good idea because there's a reason. Here's how warranties on vehicles are built. They are built so that three years, 36,000 is covered bumper to bumper. Don't you think that that manufacturer knows exactly when things go wrong? Is it within the first three years and 36,000 generally? No. Is it going to be at 37,000 in 10 days whenever something goes wrong? So they've got this planned out. The cost of warranty on any vehicle is based on time and miles. So um, that, that's kind of something you want to think about if you're looking for used cars and they offer you an extended vehicle service contract. The cost of that warranty, that extended that they're offering you is yep. based on time and miles. So if you buy a brand new Subaru, not certified, it just came off the truck, it's brand spanking new, I'm going to find out what your driving habits are. Are you going to put 100,000 miles in five years? because I'm going to try and put an extended vehicle service contract on that vehicle for you, because as soon as you hit 36,000 miles, you know, something could go wrong. You're going to have to pay out of pocket for it. And I know that's a whole other discussion. So with the, with the new baby, you're going to be driving hundred thousand miles, just trying to make sure the kid stays asleep. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Going around the Don't block. Don't remind me of those times. I, I, I used to, so, <laughs> I mean, I always, I don't mind driving things, but like when I had a kid in the car, like I could just go for a ride with my brother all the time. Just, you know, we go listen to music and that's just what yeah. we did. And then I had a kid in the car and I'd start like driving around like the, the mire or whatever or driving. And I'm like, I'm going to get pulled over and then I'm going to have to like, I'm probably going to get shot because I'm going to get out of the car and like, shh, the kid's sleeping. Like, don't, don't wake it up. Right. Like. Uh, no, Did you wake my kid up? Right, like he's gonna turn on his sirens and everything, and I'm like, oh man, you know, the, uh, creepy, the creepy guy going like three miles an hour, just enough to like not have bumps go so crazy. Yeah, say. So I, I, I put a lot of miles on when my kid was younger, just because she would yep. sleep so easily. So I'm gonna ask this, and I actually know the answer to this question because you know, full disclosure, uh, <laughs> my mother blew a car up. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay. So, like, no, like, actually blew it up, like with her in it. Yeah. Like, blew it up with her in it. Oh my God! Does she funny watch? Funny story now. It, it, it is funny now. Her? Yes. Huh? She can watch this. She can watch this. She is still alive. Yes. But she blew herself up. So. You oh know, no. That's a. I'll, I'll tell you that story later. So let's say I blow my car up, <laughs> and it's not paid off yet. What? What happens? 
you're up a crick, basically. Is there anything to protect yourself from that? Okay, so first of all, how, how did this happen? You, you blew your car up. Were you abusing it? Did you... Um, we, we left open gas cans full of gas in our vehicle on a really hot day. And <laughs> we're a smoker, so we decided to light a cigarette and boom. Now, wait a second. No, this is an actual story. <laughs> this happened. No, I no, kid you not, this happened. Oh, stories to make up. Wait, open <laughs> container of gasoline, smoking Three. a cigarette? Oh my God! In oh the trunk. God. In the in the trunk. On the hottest day of the year, July thirty first, two thousand eight, in the middle of the day. Sorry, mom. For four <laughs> hours. Got in the car. Yep. Blew it. Blew it up. You guys okay. seen the, you seen the vehicle? The the woman like pouring gas into the back of the vehicle or whatever. Then she like throws the the match or the lighter into the bed and like it blows her away from the car that's just every time every time i see that video now on like facebook or whatever because the chick went crazy on her boyfriend i just think of your mom constantly so, so she get hurt in full, this yeah, she got hurt. full disclosure so i'll, I'll just tell the story because yeah honestly, you I'm can't make this up know. so i'm at home and i get a phone call and it's from a number i don't know which i never answer those but i answered it this time and it Kind of went like this. David, it's your mother. I blew myself up. The ambulance is here. I got to go by. Oh, my God. And I went, wait, what? what? I blew myself up. The ambulance is here. I got to go by. What? Oh, my God. My wife. And I said, uh, honey, my mom blew herself up. She goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. She goes, well, what happened? I said, I don't know. She goes, well, what do you know? I said, I know the number she called from. She said, give it to me. So I, I give the number to my wife and she calls. And, and basically what happened is my mother was a hospice nurse at the time. And she was at a facility. And right behind the facility was a house. And the lady at the house heard a big boom. And then she heard somebody get out of a car and yell, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. <gasps> oh, my God. So she went running and. By the time she got there, my mother was no longer on fire, but she had third degree burns on, you know, oh portion of her body. And yep. So that was a good that was a good day. It, it was a day. Oh my God, David. I can't even believe she had the wherewithal to call you. Yeah, she called. Well, the lady calls. The lady goes, Who do I call? And she goes, Call my son. And then she hung up on me. And told them where to take her. And they said, no, we're going to take you to this other hospital. So they took her where she wanted to go. And she got there and they said, yeah, we can't help you go to the other hospital. Like oh, my. So it was it was fun. And then she made herself be discharged early because she's an RN and she knows better than everybody else. Three days yeah. later, she got carted back into the hospital because she could should have been home. Oh, my God. That was a good two months. So. Anyway, uh, let's say let's say I bought this car for thirty thousand. I owe twenty thousand, and it appreciated to fifteen. What do I do with that five thousand dollars difference after I literally blew my car up? Or is there anything that would have protected me if I would have done it in the beginning? Yeah. Wow, you guys. Okay, so <laughs> you like, didn't know how much fun you were going to have tonight. <laughs> I don't, she's I don't like, like, she's like, 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 like
Temporarily, at some point, I will have my wife send me the pictures so I can send them to you of my oh, mother God. mummified in the hospital. Oh, your poor mother. She's okay now. She still oh smokes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, you know, okay, so listen. <laughs> there is something called gap coverage. However. Which she had. I, I mean... I don't know in that case. Did the gap cover this? Covered it. Okay. Covered it. Her regular insurance paid for literally everything. Okay. She didn't do it maliciously on purpose. She was just dumb. Yeah. So um, you want to have gap. I'm a huge proponent of gap coverage. And there are different kinds of of gap that I will touch on. And... um, if you come into my office and you're buying a $30,000 car and you're trading in a car that you're upside down on. So we're going to tack another $5,000 from the one you're trading in onto this loan. So now we're really going into this upside down and you have how much to put down a thousand. No, you need gap. Here's why I've seen this happen so many times. You guys, I, People tell me I should write a book. I think I should write a book. I have the craziest shit that goes on in my office. We just told you uh, one to add. Great story. Uh, add that. that. You can that use is, it. Yeah, that is definitely going in there for That's sure. That's all you. Oh, my God. I'm adding that to it. Um, I have seen an 18-year-old buy a WRX and literally total it at the end of the lane. Just feet off of the lot. he was smarter than the rest of the world and it was amazing he didn't need gap he didn't need anything he just wanted that car and he wanted to drive off the lot he qualified he got a loan and he totaled it the second i mean the second he pulled it off the lot he was so upside down on that i'm sorry sorry about your luck you know so i think it was like, it was 44,000. I remember that. I don't know what his insurance company may have given him like 30,000 for it. That, that kid was, yeah. $14,000 for, for nothing. Easy. Easy. Yeah. He just threw it in the, you know, just take a big old pile of money and throw it in the wind. It was the day my mom bought her car. I watched a, a guy pull out of the, the Chevrolet lot with a brand new Corvette and get hit. Yep. So... It was, uh, and then I, you know, I, I sitting there going, wow, that, that thing is like brand new, right? I mean, and, and it was literally like, as you said, he was sitting here. I don't know if he looked left or right. And he went and just got T-boned right on the side, first lane. So, I mean, it was inches off. Like, I think his rear tires were still in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, it was that bad. So, I, uh, I mean, it happens. And I don't think. People believe me when I tell them that, but. But now, so if I, if I put, if I put half down, do I need gap insurance? No. And I will tell you a lot of banks have gone to putting disclosures in their uh, callbacks or their approvals that say this loan does not need gap. You know, at 80%, this gap doesn't need, or this loan does not need gap. Because there are some sleazy finance managers out there that will try and put gap on a cash deal. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so the banks have really tightened up on it and it's a good thing. Now, do you buy gap from a dealership or do you get it from an insurance company? 
let's say your insurance company offers gap. My insurance company offers gap coverage on new cars, not on used cars. Every insurance company is different. However, your insurance company is not going to cover, first of all, they don't have an incentive to total your vehicle. And secondly, if they do total it, their gap coverage is not going to pay 150% of that total loss. They're gonna pay a very small percentage of that total loss. It's in the fine print. If you get gap from your dealership, the only question you need to ask, and I can tell you 99.9%, .9 it is yes. Does this gap coverage cover 150% of my loss? That's all you need to know. So I didn't know you could buy it from your insurance company. I really thought it was just a, a car lot thing. I, I did too. Huh, that's good to know. And it's um, not all insurance. It's some do and some don't. For example, State Farm, I believe that they have gap coverage. And please don't be confused between total, uh, what do they call it? State Farm calls it um, vehicle replacement coverage is not gap coverage. That has nothing to do with your loan. Okay. So gap coverage is, is a loan protectant. And I'm telling you, your insurance company really doesn't care about your loan. So um, yes, I would get it from the dealership. Uh, you can negotiate that price down. Oh, that's a good tip. Hummer, when you go get gap coverage on your car that you're going to pay cash for, um, <laughs> make, sure, make sure you negotiate that price. Um, all right. You know, one of the big hot topics, uh, we talk about it in like the Ramsey stuff. We talk about it just randomly. Uh, I am not a leasing fan, but you brought it up that you're thinking that because people are working from home, leasing is going to become more popular because people aren't going to be driving as much. Um, you know, my, my grandma who, well, my grandma's dead, my wife's grandma, <laughs> my wife's grandma, right? They, they drive, they, they live like literally six, six houses from a Burger King and they drive there to get their, their lunch. And then they drive home <laughs> yeah. and they, they drive the 12 houses to, to the church and, and then home, yeah. um, you know, so should they be leasing? I mean, well, like, I guess, Walk me through, is there ever a good time to lease or should I be buying every time? Um, I've leased two or three cars. I can't remember. If I worked in a shoe store, I would have to have a pair of everything. Just like you, Nick. You would too, I'm sure. No, no, no I don't. I mean, only if I have it in my size. And honestly, if you, if if you, sold, in a shoe you store, would buy every you'd color. Want, you'd want everything. Every, every pair. Let's yep. be honest about that like if i got a disc i worked at abc warehouse which i don't know if you have one down down in west virginia i don't know but so you know i i didn't take home a paycheck right because i mean i just get every every car audio or every new tv or i i didn't even own a house at the time and i think i bought a washer and dryer because <laughs> i got a deal on it yeah <laughs> right? like um yeah you know if, if that's the hard part about getting discounts at your job. Like, I almost took a job. I almost took a job at a, a water heater place. And I asked him, I said, do I get a discount at a water heater? Like, yeah, we get employee discount. And I was like, I own a lot of properties. That's going to pay off someday. <laughs> right? Like a discount, I, you know, I, I, feel right, like, right. I feel like that stereotypical woman, right? Where it's like, it was a good deal. I had to buy it. Yeah. So, so I worked in a car store. Sure. You know, if I worked in a shoe store, I, I would have everything. I worked in a car store. So I went in and out of cars 
like a crazy person. I wanted a new car every three years. I never wanted to hit 36,000 miles, um, yada, yada, yada. So I, I went into leasing. I leased a couple of Volkswagens, loved it. It worked out really well for me. Um, a golf? No, my son has a golf though. Smart man. That's the smartest kid. I, I like to meet him. I love yeah, he's golf. really cool. He yes. loves golf. He loves that thing. He put the, he's got the red breaky things on it. And the then breaky things. the red flappy thing. red things again. The, the, yeah. the, the red flappy things and the red breaky things. Yeah. Don't, and the wheel. I mean, the third. Don't worry about calipers. And I don't know what yeah. flappy things are, but he's got, he's got flappy things. So. Well, it's those thingies, you know, Nick, the thingies. Yeah. I, I, you know what, when it comes to a golf, there's plenty of thingies because I, I had my dream car was a golf and I owned it. I've owned like three of them now. Um, but every time I go to put money into it to like make it what I want, like uh, to, to race it and soup it up, I just, I, I go, I'll never get my money back out of it. So I never actually do it. Um, but no, I, I do. I do love a golf. They're, like, they're fun. They're fun cars. And he yeah. drives that thing around in Cleveland in the snow. So I don't know. I tried to talk him out of it, but whatever. So, uh, so leasing worked out for me. Leasing is going to be good if you like a new car every three years. If you want to own your car, don't lease. Simple question to ask yourself. Do I want to own my car? Do I want to keep it for the next 10 years? Because buying that lease out at the end is rarely worth it. Being able to say, here's the keys. I'm done. Walk away is is the best way to lease that's how you should think about it now do you if don't forget too that if you lease you're going to have a car payment for as many years as you lease so i had a car payment for i know i did a back-to-back -back lease with volkswagen so yeah six years i was paying car payments never owned it but I liked it. I had, you know, it was a nice car. I had a little Tiguan. It was a turbo and I, I liked that. Um, does your grandma want to have to make those payments on a lease for three years and then turn around and get a new one, you know, and just keep having the car payments? Or would your grandmother like to buy a car, own it, Someday, if she wants to pass that vehicle on to a family member, she can do that, which you know, in the older generation is a consideration. When they come into my office, they say, I'm going to keep this car for, you know, 10 years and then I'm going to give it to my grandson. And it's just a way of thinking. What do you, what do you want? But I mean, I look at it as like a waste of money because you literally have 0% of a chance of owning any asset, right? I mean, yes, you have a depreciating asset, but you have an asset at that point, right? Um, so I guess to me, it just looks like a waste of money. So why, why would I lease? I mean, at that point, it literally just becomes a selfish want, in my opinion, and not a financially smart decision. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, <laughs> say, at least, you know, but, but if you are kind of like renting an apartment versus buying a house, right? Exactly. Well, I wouldn't know. I've never rented an apartment. <laughs> so, How many renters do you have? I, I have a lot of renters. So you would know. Well, and they all, they all, but they all lease cars or buy new cars, right? Like, I don't know. I said, I do own one place where I, I mean, granted, my truck, my truck is worse than every last one of my, my tenants' cars. 
I mean, it gets me from A to B. I don't really care. Things things just beat up. But, like, I absolutely – I'm in love with it, right? When you talk about four-wheel drive, it's got it. When you talk about space for the wife and kid, it's got it. When, like, it is – I have, you know, a place to put my cold beers in the back when the truck bed fills up when it snows. I got it. Like, it's, it's just rolling cooler <laughs> at that point. Yeah. You know? Now, Elise is good for a person um, such as myself that really wanted to have a fantastic – I mean, it, it had everything that I wanted, um, the lease payment. So people are looking at payments. Oh, I can lease this car for only this much. Can you, yeah. can you sorry, I, I, let's, let's take, let's take this, right? Like, so a BMW seven series, which is like, if I wanted to be hoity-toity, like that's one of the cars I kind of want, right? Okay. So let's talk, let's talk numbers, right? So. I would buy that car for $100,000, 80000 $80, for like the lower end one, 100000 for the one. I mean, if I'm going to buy a new car, I'm buying the one I want. How much could I lease that car versus how much would it cost me in payments wise over my, I can get what, we can do seven year loans now or eight year loans now. I mean, is it, is it cheaper on a lease to get them? I look at trucks all the time and it blows my mind because I think you can, sometimes you can get trucks for like 250 bucks on yeah. a lease. And yeah. then, you know, if I run the numbers, I just don't understand it because when I run the numbers on my $40,000 purchase or whatever, it's like 550 bucks a month, but then they're running this lease for, you know, five or 20, 250 bucks. And I'm like, I don't understand how that works. So how does, how does that work? Yeah. You want to be really careful with that, especially with trucks. Their leases are not so great. And most people, when it comes to trucks, they want to keep their trucks. You know, they, most people don't want to just lease a truck. Um, Okay, so I'm trying to think how I can. Let's go back to the BMW. So let's say you want to buy that BMW. You want this 7 Series so bad, and you know that the lease payment for 36 months is this big. But if you buy it, even if you finance it for seven years, which I would never do, by the way. I would never finance for seven years unless it was 0% and I paid it off early if I was diligent enough to do so. Sure. But if you- Wait, why would, we pay, why would we pay it off early if we're 0% and we're getting free money? Well, because I wouldn't want to have a payment for seven years. I just wouldn't. You, you, I, that's a whole other thing. If, whenever people would come into my office and they would say, I want my loan to be three years. I don't want to go any longer than 36 months. Well, your interest rate is the same at 36 months as it is at 60 months. So don't be afraid of term, stretch it out, keep your car payment lower because there's no prepayment penalty and you're in control. So you can put additional money on principal only at any time and pay that vehicle off when you want or make additional payments and pay it off sooner. Sure. Don't be that afraid of term. But for me personally, when it comes, you're talking seven years. Yeah, I mean, I, don't know, I just wouldn't want to do it for seven years. That's a long time to have a car payment. Yeah, well, with a lot of people, I mean, just having the payment, they just want to get rid of it. Yes, the payment itself, I would not want a payment that long. So, well, the problem is everybody I see that has payments, you know, they usually, even if they pay it off six months early, within that six months, they're buying a new vehicle. Like yes, it's, exactly. It's just kind of what I constantly see is, is people just, you know, keeping yep. that debt. Are so, those our people though? They're not, they're not, but no, they're the people that I, I 
do this for right, right? because I, I I want you better financially. Um, but anyway, so right seven series, I can I can lease it for five six hundred a month, or I can buy it for a thousand a month. Like, uh, why why would I lease it versus buying it? Well, because you do you want to keep it for ten years? Do you want to keep it for eight years or even five years? I mean, I'm I'm not a typical person, so if I'm I mean. I guess I only want a seven series. I probably only want a seven series, the new one for three years. This is why I don't do it because I know who I am. Right. Like just like the golf, right. Like the R32 is coming out or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get the new one bigger than, you know, but so right. A truck. That's why I own, I own cash cars. Right. Is what I call them. Right. Paid 1600 bucks for my, for my truck. And um, so that's, I don't, because I, I get, I'd fall into that like back to back payments and wanting that new thing. And, you know, I, I don't buy the new cell phone because I don't want the payment in the first place. So I get whatever's the cheapest. Yeah. It's not always the best working. I mean, I'm working to approve of that with my internet. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I would never purchase a BMW seven series unless I was a million quadrillion zillion billionaire and had expendable money to do so because I wanted to, because I'm a woman and I would want to do that. Um, but to lease it, sure, I'd do that in a heartbeat. If there was a good lease deal going on for a Beamer 7 Series with everything that you want, go ahead and lease it if the payment is right in line. Just watch out for uh, down payment. So again, in the fine print, you might hear the guy talk real fast. That's with taxes, tax title, plus $4,500 down, but a little up. So you want to pay attention to that too. You don't want to dump too much money in a lease as cash down, because again, you're kind of throwing it to the wind. And at least you're paying for three years of depreciation of that car. And at the end, they're gonna show you a number and say, okay, if you agree to buy this vehicle at the end of the three years, here's what you're gonna pay for it. Now, some vehicles have a really good value, residual sure. values, what it's called at the end. Trucks don't. Trucks are worth every penny. BMW 7 Series, don't. Oh, come uh, on. You haven't seen I'm the 1997 the 7 Series that nobody wants? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Um, we had a, what are those, uh, a G-Wagon sitting on our lot forever. Oh my God, this guy thought this was the best thing ever. I'm trading in my G-Wagon. Why aren't you giving me money for it? Because nobody's going to buy this. I mean, nobody give... wants this maintenance headache, you know? I'll give them 10% of what it was originally yeah. for. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind rocking a G wagon, you know, it's just a really crappy Jeep. Um, yeah. So lease, lease a vehicle. If you know that you're going to trade that car in, in three years, you want a new one in three years. Yeah. So, so if you're the kind of person that wants a new vehicle all the time now with leases, is my, do I still get a warranty with that? Yes, you do. So you're still going to get your three-year, 36,000-mile bumper-to-bumper, and usually a five-year, 60,000-mile powertrain, depending on the manufacturer. Um, but yeah, you'll be under warranty during your lease. Now, sometimes people choose to do a 39-month lease. So, you know, you're going to be a few months outside of warranty there. But... Can you pick your lease terms? You can pick your lease terms. Yes, so if I can. wanted to do a one-year lease every year, I want a brand new car. I can do that. You certainly can. Huh? Is it going to cost Sounds me expensive. more? Is it? That's, is it going to be? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, and not all, I will tell you this, not all manufacturers will do that. So can I do a 20 year lease on a truck? No. Like I wouldn't mind, like I wouldn't mind doing like a 30 year finance, like pay my truck off the same time I have my car or my house paid off. Like let's just roll yeah. this thing all Your day. house isn't going to be 30 years. My house isn't going to be 30 years, but it could be. If I wanted to make minimum payments, I could 30, it's going to be great. I'll, I'll like celebrate, right? Like fill the truck with beers. And we'll do a house payment and a truck payment to pay off. I mean, if the truck bed's still there. I mean, I, I, in 30 years. I, old, I rock Dodges, right? Yeah. Which rust out like crazy. Um, so, but. I love Dodges. I learned to drive in a 71 Dodge Charger. Um, and the floorboards did rust out of it, though. They did. And I mean, my dad I, guess, didn't care. I, I guess you're, you know, you're a little bit, you know, younger than I am. I'll put it that way. Uh, so a 71 Charger was, uh, I mean, to me, like, that's like an awesome car. It was awesome. It had the flip headlights and a white vinyl top. Yeah. And it was dark green. It was uh, the Dukes of Hazard car, I guess they call it now. But um, had a yeah. 4.0 something under the hood, and it was really fast. And There you go. So we talked about, we talked about, uh, cheaper financing for new versus used. Is yeah. there anything anything else I should get a new vehicle? F like, wh why is is a new better than used, or is a used better than new? I mean, I assume used is better, right? I always tell people to buy something three years or older. Um, your depreciation mostly has kind of gone away, um, but like, is there is there perks either way? Okay, yeah, there, there is. And I tend to differ with some of the car gurus out there that say, I would never buy a new car. Don't ever buy a new car. I would buy a new car if it was something that I needed and it fit, checked all the boxes and I wanted it and it's zero percent. I'm all for that. I, I, it's hard for me because I, as sad as it is, right? Like I know depreciation is there. And I tell my friends all the time, if you're going to go buy a new car, I, I COVID hit. And then like the 0% came out and I was like, I've never said these words to anybody, but like, you know, you can get 3% interest. You can get 0% interest. And I mean, you won't make up the difference of depreciation, but man, that's a pretty good value right there. And then you get like this big warranty with it. Like I would almost buy a new vehicle. I am so glad point. to hear you say that. Like I, I, I it's just a financial like numbers thing. I'm like, all right, the, the chances it's going to break the, the warranty that I'm going to get extended. Like my, my mind just runs like a million miles an hour. And I'm like, I've never said those words, but like 0% just like gets me so much. Like, I mean, I buy refrigerators on 0% interest with like, you know, at Lowe's or whatever. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, it, it's 0% interest. I'll just pay it someday. <laughs> so, but if I get a cat, Oh, that's a, that's another question. Do I get a cash discount versus financing? No, and don't ever, 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 Amr, if you're walking into the dealership, don't tell anybody you're paying cash, okay? They're going to rake you over the coals. If you walk into a dealership and say, I'm paying cash, you better just turn around and walk back out. You're a target. You got a big old target on your back when you say, I'm paying cash. Um, don't do that. No, you're not going to tell anybody how you're paying for anything until you have found the vehicle that you want. Um, negotiated the numbers on that vehicle and got what you want. I don't know if you're trading anything in and all that, but at the end of that process is when you're going to say, okay, now 
let's talk financing. Because if you tell them that you're paying cash, you have just cut out the, the finance manager in a car dealership is now the powerhouse of the dealership because the front end, um, the sales managers, the vehicles themselves, they're not making money. The, some people come in and think you're making thousands on me. No, they're not, especially not on a new car. The margins are so, so slim now that everything comes back to finance. If you walk in and you're paying cash, you have just depleted. I'm not going to make very much money off of you because you feel like you've got the upper hand. You have already closed the door. I probably, I know I can't get gap coverage on you. I'm good. It's going to be hell trying to get a warranty on you because you don't want to part with that cash to begin with. It's much easier to put an extended warranty into a payment instead right. of saying, Hey, I need an extra $2,500 for an extended warranty, which I'm going to tell you something about extended warranties too. So you want to save that little tidbit of I'm paying cash because they're going to try and make it up in the front end. They're going to try and upsell you up front because they already know oh, we're paying cash. So now the finance department's not going to make any money. So we need to do everything we can to try and make money on the front end on him. Sure. So you brought up a thing like you're, you said, hey, I'm not sure if you're trading something in. Should I trade my vehicle into a dealership or should I private sell it? Like what, I mean, what should I do? Oh gosh. Um, there are times when private sell is better. Um, and there are times when most people just want to trade it in. Even if you have to haggle and argue over the trade-in number, it, it, it can be a real pain in the arse. I mean, I guess, Nick, you've purchased vehicles privately before? Uh, plenty of them. And so, and the reason, so I, I used to drive a 97 Ford Taurus or Mercury Sable. Uh, I've owned like five of the same car. Um, and so I went to go, I, w I was going to go buy a, a used car when I was younger. Uh, I finally like was like, all right, I'm kind of done with getting my millions of warranty parts on the same vehicle. Um, you know, and I went to one guy and he offered me 500 bucks. And I was like, hey, I can get like, I can easily get at least a thousand bucks, right? I mean, the car runs drives. Um, and so I went, you know, I, got, I got offended by it. And so I told him, hey, you know, I, I left. And so I walked into another dealership and I sat down and I was like, look, this is the vehicle I want. I know exactly what I want. Um, I, I was offended by my $500 offer. So you guys offer me anything, anything more. And, and I, you pretty much have a, you know, I was like, don't offend me. Um, and he, I was like, you know, I'm looking for like a thousand or something. He, he came back and he's like, I, I think he either wrote 500 or he wrote like, we're not going to take your trade in. And so I just got like so ticked and I just like left because at this time I'm willing to buy a vehicle from you, like everything about it. And, um, so I'm just wondering like, why, why am I getting so gypped? I mean, even on like such a used beater, but like, why am I getting beat up on this thing? Uh, so much on, on a trade in. That's kind of a front end thing. That, that's kind of a, um, you know, whenever they put money on a trade-in, depending on what it is, they've got to do remember that they have to run it through the shop to bring it up so that they can put it out on the lot and resell it. Or sometimes a trade is worth scrap, which is $500, because that's what they're going to do with it is scrap it. Or sometimes they'll send it to auction. Sure. Um, I'm not going to get a whole lot into that because I'm, I, I'm not an expert at that. 
I finance them. I don't put money on trades or, um, you know what I mean? Sure. So I, you know, it's best to get numbers for your trade from different dealerships and say, well, you know, the guy down the road is going to give me $500 more and the sales manager is going to come back and say, well, I'll split the difference with you. Sure. So there's a couple I really want to hit on here. Um, one of them, I've done this before, but is, is it better to get your financing through a dealership or actually going to your bank or credit union? Okay. So for that, dealerships have excellent financing. And it's because the finance manager does this all day, every day. And my resources are huge. Um, now, as I said at the beginning of this, there's an exception to everything. Let's say you are a 620 credit score. You're kind of gray area with your credit, some good, some bad. It's a mixed bag. And you come in I'm going to do the best that I can because I want to make some money too. So I'm going to work really, really hard for you. And I've got this huge book of resources. I look at your credit and as a good finance manager, I know which one of my banks and which one of my reps are going to buy this deal. And I'm going to give you my best shot. If you can't, if, if I can't give you the best Here's who can, um, your local credit union. So I guess that brings me to another quick yeah. point. How do I know if I'm dealing with a good finance person, manager, or, or just um, like, what, what are some warning signs to look for, right? I mean, because really you, good question. You, you talked about, right, the person trying to scam me on gap insurance. Like, what, what are some things I need to look for? Like, when I do lending, or, you know, you did mortgage lending, and like, I, I know what, I guess now being in the industry, like I now know what to look for. Um, and I still go against what I'm supposed to look for because I care about what people, like, I care about that relationship building and things like that. Like, yeah, that's a really, really good question. I worked for a very um, conservative dealership for nine of my 15 years that was so compliant. Um, and then I, I worked for a dealership for the first few years that was completely non-compliant and did crazy, crazy shit, you know? Um, I guess, first and foremost, I tell everybody this, be nice, be nice to the finance manager. I would always check out the dealership online too um, and look at the reviews. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, they're so powerful, Nick. Those reviews are so powerful. They really, really are. Find a dealership that's got excellent reviews and find the reviews that are talking about their experience in finance. Um, but I can tell you the opposite side to that is the guy that comes in like this and he comes into my office and he sits down and throws his hands down on my desk and says, I bet you never had anybody pay cash before. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, buddy. I hope you, you know, brought some Vaseline with you because little do you know, 
you've probably, you're going to get raked over the coals, whether it's in the front end or the back end somehow, because you've got this chip on your shoulder, this attitude, and we want nice people. We want to be nice to you. You be nice to us. You're going to get a ton of mileage out of your finance manager if you just be nice. Um how do you know a good finance manager? If they can talk to you intelligently about interest rates, if they can talk to you about your credit without being out in on the floor at the salesman's desk, that should be done in their office. Um, and answer your questions concisely. So you're gonna go over um, Ummer, Ummer. I would have loved to have seen a sheet, a worksheet with all these fees and everything on it, <clears throat> because a good finance manager is going to go over every single one of those. They're going to do a line by line with you and tell you exactly what every fee is for. Do you need to sit and read every single piece of paper that you're signing? No, you don't, because they're state and federal regulated, they're all the same. There are three pieces of paper that you need to read and that's gonna be your contract, your bill of sale and check your odometer statement. Okay. Um, so how do you know if you're paying full market value or being, or sorry, fair market value or being upsold? Um, are you talking about on the vehicle or upsold in finance? Both. Say, <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, both, right? Because I mean, you know, we talked about gap coverage, and you know, we feel like it's an upsell, but you're, you know, you've explained that. We've talked about, um, you know, extended warranties a little bit, so you know, you, you've explained that it's not necessarily an upsell, but so like yeah, on the vehicle itself. Um, Right. How do, how do I know if I'm if I'm getting what's fair versus, you know, paying paying higher than than somebody else? Um, as far as finance goes, I'll talk about that rather than the car itself, because sure. I don't price cars. Um, in finance, I do have a little secret and I, I, I'm trying to think how to say this. Um, know your credit score before you go in and you're going to know exactly where you're going to be for interest rate. So number one, interest rate. As a finance manager, whether I'm a good one or a lousy one, I'm going to try and hold points on you because that's where I make my money. So you're going to want to make sure you're getting the lowest interest rate that you possibly can and that you know that you qualify for. So be armed with your knowledge of what your credit looks like before you go into the dealership, like I said before. Um, and check all how would your I know? Fees. How would I know what interest rate is best for me? Okay, so that's a really, really good question. Usually a 680 is a cutoff for tiers. So typically a 680 is gonna knock you down a tier say from a tier A to a B, tier B. That may take you from 0% down to maybe 2.9 or 3.9%, depending on your term. Oh, wow. Okay. So usually a 680 is a cutoff. Now, as soon as you start getting into the six, 
15, 620, 612s. Now we're going to be getting, you know, up there into a higher interest rate. Um, so will, will buying a car help my credit? Absolutely. It's definitely going to help your credit. Okay. Um, the two biggest things you purchase are your home and your car. They weigh heavily on your, on your credit report. So you just want to keep those payments going on time. Sure. So are there specific rebates that are tied to financing or might go away depending on what you finance? Yeah, absolutely. With every manufacturer, it's different. So for example, you might have, um, I don't know, let's Volkswagen had one $4,000 off or, oh, I think it was 2.9 for 72 months. <clears throat> Either or, take your pick, which is, what do you want? So that's, so 4,000 off, is that only if I pay cash? No, paying cash has nothing. So then. Oh, you mean for the, right. That was a finance incentive, Dave. You would get your $4,000 off if you were paying cash. Yes. Okay. Um, so like I worked for, uh, I worked for a company that made the inside and outside car mirrors, right? So we got uh, a supplier discount. Um, and every time I would walk into a place, right, the, the, the sales team would just be like, oh, well, we're running better rebates than what your supplier discount gets you. And so it just like, it's kind of a waste of my time to even talk to them. Cause like, I'm thinking, you know, Hey, I'm seeing $23,000 sticker. Like I want to get something below this. Um, like, how do I, I mean, how do I get my, like, what is supplier discount? What does it do? How do I get it when, when, you know, when Chevy runs, you know, uh, friends and family, every, you know, everybody's friends and family, you get employee, employee discount. Like, how does that work? With employee discounts? Yeah. Or, or even like supplier discounts. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't suppliers, right? Um, yeah. Like GMC, um, that's a whole versus, uh, non-domestic vehicles. Um, because domestics are marked up hugely. So whenever they do their rebates, is it really a good buy? You know, you could buy something else for, uh, every manufacturer is different, Nick. They're just all, you do get supplier discounts. I'm thinking of some companies that get supplier discounts, which was, I think, like I, I 500 or off of, off of invoice okay which was uh many times better than i could get it for as an employee of the dealership by the way i always had a hard time with that um but but yeah you there are supplier discounts if you own a v, if you own a company and you buy fleet which is two or more vehicles for a company Sure. You will get supplier accounts. I say, I maybe I don't I just think that answers the question. Maybe I ran into the wrong salespeople because, like, every time they would just, you know, tell me, hey, you know, oh, it's not a good value to get your supplier discount, right? Like, oh, we, we have better things going on. And, and it was just, it was right. You look at the sticker and it was never lower than the sticker after sitting down with the finance manager 
and going, oh, hey, you have this fee, that fee, this fee, you know, it just, it seemed like there was just so many fees and I was above, right? Kind of like what Ummer dealt with. I mean, um, and, you know, I, I'd be going to look at a new vehicle, right? Because, um, you know, Chrysler, Fiat, uh, they gave us a huge discount at one point and um, started running like, yeah. started running numbers on like a Pacifica back then. And, I, you know, I, I went in there and I was like, all right, hey, you know, supposedly this is the biggest discount Fiat's been giving us. Like, this is what we want. What can you do? And, oh, you, you know, you don't want to use that discount here. We have better things. And I'm like, so I never really got how much my price should have and could have been. Okay, so like GMC and Ford and Chrysler, um, a lot of times, and it's depending on the vehicle too, it's very, very hairy with the domestics, meaning you can't combine this with this on this. Sure. Oh, you want this um, Denali? Well, yeah, you can get your supplier discount, but you can't combine it with this discount on this model. I mean, it is so specific with GMC. Sure. Or so hopefully the dealership is reputable enough to be able to find and a good sales manager will do this. They're going to find the best price for you, whether it's with your discount, whether it's with rebates or maybe rebate A and rebate B combined with part of your discount. They're, they're very, um, complicated sure so uh you know i have one last question i guess so why why is it that you know my friends i have a few friends that like go out of state to buy vehicles right like new ones so um my my best friend's parents they went and bought a brand new jeep um it was base i mean it was a base jeep the only thing they wanted was ac so it still has crank windows and things like that you know but they found it for oh my god $12,300 brand new. Right. Um, I mean, this thing okay. was, you know, and then my, my, my heating and cooling guy drove, or I think he flew out to Washington to get a brand new, uh, 3,500, you know, eight foot bed and all that. And then drove it all the way home because of the discount that he got on his truck. Like why, why, why are different like dealerships in different States? Like, so, so different on pricing. Because of allocation, something called allocation. Um, certain dealers have a different allocation or a different allotment of vehicles that they're allowed to order from the manufacturer per quarter. Sure. Um, diamond dealers have specific, they can get different vehicles than this dealership over here that's not a diamond dealer. That typically has a lot to do with volume um niches so we had so many people we've had those situations all the time with gmc as well where people would fly out because they couldn't find the specific vehicle with the eight foot bed da 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 da, da all these things in the certain color that they wanted they couldn't find it anywhere so they would either fly out or they'd have a company drive out and drive it back to them. It was worth it to them. Happens all the time. Sure. There's also something called dealer trades where um, dealer A is over here in this state. Dealer B is over here. Your customer belongs to dealer A and says, well, I really wanted one in blue. Well, we don't have one in blue, but I will find you one and I'll bring it in for you. 
So dealer A calls dealer B way over here in Pennsylvania and says, hey, I'll trade you. I'll trade you one of my whatevers for this blue one. So they do a swap. Customer gets their vehicle in blue from dealership A and everybody's happy. Sure. That happens all the time too, but it also happens because of allocation. Dealership A couldn't get it, but dealership B could get it. How do I find out if a place is diamond or not? Or like, what's the highest level I can go? Oh, I don't, I'm not real sure about that. Okay. I, I can't answer that question. I'm not real sure about that. So I think uh, any, anything else that you want to add to that you, that we might've forgot to ask you anything that you want to yeah. add to? I mean, one more thing that I would say is that um, a good piece of advice is whenever you go into the dealership, you find the car that you want to buy and you're going to go into the finance office and they're going to show you a piece of paper, which is called a menu. And at the top of the menu, it's going to have a column A, B, C, D. Column A is going to have a list of all these things for you to buy extra on that vehicle. Column B is going to take a couple off. Column C will take a couple more off, which will leave you one or two in the last column. So the finance manager is going to go over every single one of those things that are available for you to purchase because of disclosure. They have to. So if you sit down and you say, I, you know what, don't even go over any of this with me. I don't want to know. I don't want any of it. Well, by federal law, I must disclose this to you because if you walk out of here and total your car, you drive out of here and total your car, you can't come back on us and say, they never told me about gap coverage because you didn't want to hear it. So allow the finance manager to go over those things with you and do know that they are negotiable in price. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's a great tip. Every single one of them is negotiable in price. I mean, how much are we talking? Like 50%, 75%, 99%? 99%. Free, free, free 99. You get it for a dollar. Yeah, Here's like, what I'm, I would say. I would say I'll give you $100 over cost. Okay. And the reason I would say that is because, well, <laughs> here's a tool that you use that works every single time. Umar, if you go into the dealership and you say, listen, my friend is a finance manager. I'll pay you $100 over cost for gap and I'll pay you $100 over cost for warranty. And that's it. As soon as I hear that your friend is a finance manager, I know that your friend knows everything that I know. Yep. Okay. And, and that's all we need from finance manager to finance manager. If, if I know that, you know, and you have a good friend, that's an F and I person and you say, I'll, I'll pay $100 over cost on this and this, you know what you're talking about. That, that's all you got to do. I so, promise you it'll work like a charm. Say before, before David wraps it up, my, my only question is, why, why don't, when I walk in, they just hand me a bag of beef jerky and a, an ice cold beer, and then I buy a car? Like, why doesn't this happen? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? The great, great. I could open up. I'm, I'm thinking about opening the car dealership where I just offer beer and dirty. I mean, you know, and you know, just I, you know, or like you know, I get pedicures, my wife gets pedicures. Like, put us right there and then just drive cars 
And then we'll just like, we'll both hit a button and stop, right? Like, yes, no, like, boom. While we're getting our pedicures, you can just drive them through. Like, why doesn't this happen? <laughs> if I were that easy. Like, and I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a pedicure, drinking a beer, and eating jerky. Like, I'll do all three at once now. Like, my life is a bummer. Would you buy from me if I opened a dealership like that? No. <laughs> no. Too bad. Why not, Umber? Why not? Why would? Because you got to take it seriously if you're going to exactly. take 20, 30 grand from me. Exactly. That's it's serious for me. That, purchase that, says, that says that person knows me, right? Like, that screams like, yeah, this guy, this guy looks like he could use some jerky and a beer. I'm like, yep, let's do it. Like, whatever car you want to sell me at that point. Like, he officially took uh, the time to know who I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Dave, wrap us up. So, I, I think I think the, the one thing I really want to hammer home on this one is research is really your friend. Wouldn't you say, Kimberly? Research is definitely your friend. Um, absolutely. Yes, yes, it is. And don't walk in the dealership acting like you know everything, even if you do. Be humble. Be humble. Be nice. Just be nice. That's all you got to do is be nice. So we're going to make sure we we link back to Kimberly here. If you have questions for her, reach out to her because she's looking to help people. And uh, I, I want to thank uh, Revolution Brewing for a wonderful yeah. beer. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're waiting for you guys to sponsor us and send us some more. Um, yeah. Umar would like to thank Bells for a fantastic beer down in Kalamazoo. They could uh, they could sponsor us, and Kimberly would like to thank Bailey's, who definitely could sponsor us because I got a little bit Irish. Thank you, Bailey's. I I had a lot of fun with this one, guys, and Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I really really appreciate it. Um, and I hope you all have wonderful car buying experiences. Nick, wrap us up with your favorite. Uh, you know, say, like always, right? Like, subscribe, share. I'm not sure if they're in that order. Like, hit a bell. We don't know how this stuff works, right? You guys are the smart ones out there. We're just the talkers. So, like, um, you know, to the podcast, make sure you subscribe because uh, we, we want to we wanna take over the top ranking of the world. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. We just want to know that we've done something in our life. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks so much for the great beer. All right, we'll see you guys next week.